North Idaho News of the Week is brought to you in part by Evergreen Realty, commercial and residential property listings. Online at evergreen-realty.com. Good morning. You've tuned in to North Idaho News of the Week here on 88.5 KRFY. This is Panhandle Community Radio. My name is Jack Peterson. I'm here with Chris Bessler, as usual, on a Friday morning. And good morning, Chris. Good morning, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Good. It uh, It's kind of spring has sprung type weather outside it's right now. It's been that so. way yeah. like for weeks, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. For those of us who actually like to have a little bit of Mm-hmm. winter it's been a disappointment the last forecast i saw says there might be some snow coming next week so yeah yeah never know. they they've been teasing us with that right for weeks now yeah uh we are joined this morning glad to have in the studio uh zach hagedon who's the editor of the sandpoint reader and a regular guest on this program as well as sansare mitchell the staff writer for the sandpoint reader and uh this is your first time in the studio good morning to you both Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you both here. Uh, We will be talking, well, about a number of topics, but uh, before we get into the county commission and uh, local politics, let's do a rundown of the big uh, news items here. Uh, Last week, we were talking about a possible asbestos uh, discovery at Sandpoint Middle School that had caused a little bit of chaos over there. Uh, It the results from the uh, test came back negative or safe, I guess. So uh, the building is safe for occupancy, and Sandpoint Middle School is back in business. Yeah, the kids school. are back in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the at the county commission, public comment continues to be a hot topic. Uh, this week, Commissioner Asia Williams put the discussion back on the agenda after it was removed last week, and apparently, they have voted to hold a meeting dedicated to hearing public comment, uh, date and time unspecified, as far as we can tell. Um, The city is taking bids on the 5th and Pine stoplight project, uh, so it looks like that process is moving forward, and that uh, meeting to take the bids will be, or the the pre-bid conference, I should say, will be on February 27th at 2 p.m. at City Hall. We have some uh, new candidates for county commissioner and district 1a house actually i think we may have mentioned at least one of these last week but dmitry borisov is challenging luke amit the incumbent in the chair of the bonner county commission in the republican primary in may and uh in for house seat 1a uh cornell razor has declared his candidacy uh for again as a republican in the republican primary that's the seat held by mark souter um Yes. Here in the city of Sandpoint, the parking restrictions have been lifted, and you may now park on either side of the street without fear of a ticket. Uh, those restrictions were in effect starting, I think, in December, maybe in late November. Uh, and I guess the city didn't read the forecast, or they don't <laughs> believe it. Uh, um, the uh, it, 
There is some, well, there's lots of news, of course, from Boise, and we won't go over the whole dealings of the, uh, of the State House, but I will mention that um, the Library Material Harmful to Minors, the so-called Library Porn Bill, SB 1289, failed in the Senate on a very close vote, uh, 17 to 18. It looked like this one might go through. This is, I think, the third, uh, the third year that they've tried to pass some form of this bill. Uh, most of the Democrats and the memory, many members of the Conservative Freedom Caucus voted against the bill, bringing it down. And it raises the question if another bill will be introduced that mm-hmm. might be actually more restrictive than that bill. That was kind of one of the possibilities put out there mm-hmm. as that went down yesterday. <clears throat> well, and that was one of the big talking points, too, right, was vote for this now or else we're going to get something worse. And I think even like Chuck Winder said that, right? Yeah. was like encouraging yeah. some more moderate Republicans and even Democrats to vote for it because like, look, we know we're going to get something that's going to, probably going to be worse, Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a bad reason to vote for any bill. Yeah. I think. And our Senator Herndon <laughs> voted against it. Right. Which That surprised me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a, a Freedom Caucus mm-hmm. uh, guy. Yeah. Um, less. <laughs> what else? Uh, what else is in the news, Chris? Well, uh, one thing. Worth mentioning is that a uh, judge in uh, U.S. District Court in Montana has found the racist robocaller Scott Rhodes uh, liable for making a whole bunch of spoofed calls. And this was occurring in 2018, I think 2019. Uh, He was most active. He used to live here. Mm -hmm. Uh, He came after the Sandpoint Reader, Ben Olson. Specifically, and actually after me a little bit too, since I'm Ben's business partner. Um, yeah, with some robocalls here locally, he came after Shelby Ronstad um, as mayor. Um, but most of his spoof calls were to uh, places far away uh, in races in Florida uh, and other parts of the country. Um, it, he, he was actually found uh, responsible for 4,959 illegally spoofed calls. And so there's a judgment pending right now. A summary judgment was issued. They're deciding uh, what the uh, actual penalty will be. But uh, if, if, as suggested by prosecutors, it's $2,000 per violation, then he would be liable for $9.9 million. So he's since left uh, Sandpoint. Um, he's over in Montana now, as at last report. Uh, but hopefully, this kind of chills the whole racist. Uh, he was also probably one of the guys responsible for throwing uh, flyers around on mm-hmm. on lawns for a period right. of time there. And and uh, he was the guy that went around uh, all the cars parked uh, at Sandpoint High School, and so I think it was in 2018 and put racist material on the high school kids' cars. Uh, and that's actually where he he got caught on film uh, and uh, on video there. Mm. So anyways, that, that particular case is uh, kind of reaching a conclusion, maybe. We'll see what happens in the future there. Yeah, they, I mean, it would be an appeal from this point. Is he appealing further, and is that appeal likely to be taken I'm, up? I'm not Probably. sure if he... I mean, you can always appeal stuff, so yeah. I suppose that could happen. He was acting as his own counsel. He didn't have a lawyer representing oh, him. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So 
uh, he's might not might have trouble finding a lawyer yeah. that would take the case on just uh, because uh, it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, well, okay. Um, should we talk a little bit about the county commission? It's been it's been something that we talk about pretty much every week. Usually, <laughs> it's the first thing we talk about every week since I don't know. Since January, maybe since uh, since the last election, it's a bit of a Groundhog yeah. Day sort of thing, though, uh-huh. and we don't really have all the facts. But uh, so this week, the commissioners voted to have a meeting that's going to be dedicated to public comment. And Sunshri, maybe you could fill us in on you know what happened this week. Yes. So and, and how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a oh, long story. Yeah. <laughs> how many story. hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so first of all. Um, during this meeting, Commissioner Asia Williams put public comments on the agenda because it was removed in the previous meeting, February 13th. And uh, because it was removed that time and Commissioner Ahmet was gone, she refused to second the motion to approve the order of the agenda. So February 13th meeting just didn't happen. And mm-hmm. so coming forward now everybody's got a little bit of a fire underneath them to to try and sort things out. And uh, she motioned to essentially follow Ordinance 1-200, so she said, um, 1-200, which talks about public comments in the meetings and says essentially that the chair presides over the meeting, they can approve public comments and... They will not allow any kind of um, scandalous, I suppose. Derogatory exactly. language. <laughs> um, and so essentially the argument there was that because public comment was explicitly talked about in the ordinance, that public comment is required, uh, which is not the actual language of the ordinance. Right. And that's always been kind of my confusion, too, about this debate, which has been going on for months and months. feels like a lifetime. Uh, They're always arguing about we have to include public comment because we have this ordinance. But if you read the language of the ordinance, it says that the chair is in charge of the public comment. And you only can speak if you're recognized by the chair, which is what Chairman Ahmet has always said. Mm -hmm. So the debate itself is kind of getting to the point where it doesn't make a lot of sense to me anyway. Um, I mean, Sansa Ray watches it every week, so she might have a different take, but it seems to me like if you're going to uphold one dash 200, then it sort of reinforces Amit's argument all along is that the meeting is not a public hearing and that he's in charge of who gets to speak and when. That is essentially what I've come to believe <laughs> over mm-hmm. the past, however many months of watching these meetings every Tuesday morning but but Asia Williams is interpreting it differently. Is that right? Yes. However, she hasn't really explained her interpretation. Again, it, it just boils down to the fact that public comment is mentioned, and so she believes public comment should be included in the meeting. And, and now we're going to have a separate standalone meeting, which is entirely going to be a public comment. <laughs> yes. So that was a bit of a... A bit of a spur-of-the-moment decision, it seemed like, uh, when Commissioner Williams made her motion, uh, Amit seconded the motion and then essentially immediately motioned to alter the language, the foundation of the the motion, and (laughs) proposed holding a completely separate meeting with county officials, whoever would show up, essentially, he said, and 
just specifically to listen to public comment. And he couldn't give any details about that. Um, again, it was pretty spur of the moment, and he didn't have any kind of memorandum or um, paperwork to go behind it because he was altering Commissioner Williams' motion instead of making a motion of his own. So, so there, that date hasn't yet been set for this public meeting. It, it would be at a regular count, uh, commissioner's meeting or a whole separate time? They didn't specify. I don't believe it would be at the regular business meeting. Um, but essentially what they said was that they have to make the motion and approve the motion to have the meeting before they can get any specifics about having the meeting. And so that would be confirmed and worked out at a later date. Hmm. Well, it seems to me that public comment is held at a meeting because a particular item is going to come up at that meeting. Right. Yeah. And so having one meeting isn't necessarily going to clear the field for public comment in the future. I mean, that's my interpretation. That's what I mean, I'm seeing it. I mean, try, just trying to envision what this would even look like uh, seems to me like it would be like a town hall. Like you would just have anybody who is an elected official, if they want, can show up to this thing. Uh, Luke has said that he'll be there for sure. Uh, and you stand in front of a group of people who just fire at you with questions and comments for however long we can all handle it and then gavel it out <laughs> and just say, well, we'll do the purge, you know, again next month or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting idea. Well, it does seem like Luke is at least moving right. to to satisfy that that request that's, that's up every single week, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. to a certain extent, I suppose it makes sense because we also no longer have public comment on individual items. The public can only speak at the end of the regular business meetings after everything, all the decisions have been made. So it's essentially the same thing. Either way, they're not going to be able to speak on the individual items until after the fact. So I guess now they just have, you know, three or four hours to, to vent their complaints. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it'll be fun to watch. Mm. But yeah, uh, that so, will be interesting. But, so, what is the status with the two individuals that were trespassed uh, a few weeks ago? Are they coming to the meetings now, or? So, uh, Dave Bowman and Rick Kramer, who were trespassed, uh, Rick Kramer still attends on Zoom, and he was actually signed up for public comment this past meeting, and was overlooked, um, which elicited a lot of protests from people in the room and on Zoom about, you know, quote-unquote tyranny. And so he he's not been showing up in person. Neither has Dave Bowman. And I can't remember seeing him on the Zoom list last time. So I'm not quite sure what he's mm. up to nowadays. Mm. They're fine to attend by Zoom. They just can't be right. physically yes. present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what What's it like in the room at these meetings? Is it, uh, is it, are they well attended still? And is there, I mean, it, how, how do, how do the, uh, people at the meeting tend the, how does the, what the audience, the public uh, tend to respond to the way these things are progressing? They are still well attended. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of whispering between couples and friends and <laughs> note passing even, um, they, they're never shy about voicing critiques about certain things, calling out from the back of the room, which you'll see if you attend on Zoom, uh, Commissioner Amit stopping multiple times to say, this is not how we run this meeting. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it's, it's 
a room that is honestly full of a bit of hate. And yeah. it's not fun to be in there. And the people who show up week after week to sit in that room, I applaud their resolve because it does take a toll. Well, we've heard from even county officials saying that, you know, county employees don't want to be there, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the the tension is too high and it's just an unpleasant environment. Even watching it on Zoom or on YouTube as they stream those things every week, I mean, you can kind of feel it coming through the computer screen even. Yes, and the clerk who takes the votes no longer attends the meetings in person. Right. She attends entirely on Zoom. Hmm. Um. This uh, this public comment debate didn't occur till like the end of the meeting. It actually started off. It looks like they had the at least the first half was relatively what productive or smooth at least. Uh, anything notable get done in the first half of the meeting? Or it was a lot of just regular business approving mm-hmm. uh, the purchase of a vehicle for the justice services, uh, mm-hmm. approving um, the priest river. I believe, uh, and Sandpoint Airport's appeals for um, funding from different sources, which don't have county matches. Uh, So it was all um, pretty easy to pass unanimously. There was only one thing, which I can't quite remember which what it was, but um, that Commissioner Williams recused herself on because she didn't have the proper paperwork, not because she Mm. didn't believe in the motion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think one of the big ones, too, was that the roads and bridges mm-hmm. are going to get repaired. And we've got a number of bridges in the county that are, I mean, we're notorious for having our bridges in bad condition. Mm-hmm. And this has been going on for a while uh, where we got some funding from ITD uh, to repair these bridges. And we're essentially getting, I think, five bridges, five, five bridges are repaired, repaired, replaced to yeah. no mm-hmm. cost for the county, mm-hmm. which has been considered a big win. I mean, that, I mean, in, in terms of like regular county business, that's a big deal. And that's kind of sort of been overshadowed by a lot of the political drama. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the most recent bridge is the East Shore Road Bridge over Hunt Creek outside of Priest Lake. And I'm not sure about the other right. the other four that have uh, been funded by this program. So that's, hey, that's positive news. That's very good news. Yeah, that's the, that's the county actually doing county business. Yeah. And not only that, but not costing us any money for infrastructure, yeah. which is you know, always big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh before moving on, I mean, it does. Um, my my reading of this is just that, yeah. Obviously, Asia Williams is firmly in favor of allowing public comment, and it, Luke Amit seems like he's searching for some kind of compromise with that position. Is that kind of the assessment here? Yes, that that sums yeah. it up well. <laughs> okay, and is there? Um, it, it, do you feel like? I mean, it, have they been having conversations? to try and reach that compromise outside of just the regular business meetings? Or is that, uh, is that not anything you would be, not anything you'd be able to report on, I guess? I wouldn't be able to report on private yeah. conversations, yeah. but from the conduct of the meeting, it seems like they don't speak very often because of the divide on a lot of these issues. Yeah. Um, you're listening to... North Idaho News of the Week here on 88.5 KRFY. We're talking to Sansare Mitchell and Zach Hagedon, both of them from the Sandpoint Reader. Uh, here in the city of Sandpoint, uh, Zach, when last we spoke, I think we were anticipating that they'd be talking about the Joint Powers Agreement, uh, but that 
was removed from the agenda. Yeah, right? the most recent city council meeting, you might notice in the paper, uh, we didn't report on because yeah. uh, most of the big ticket items got removed <laughs> from the agenda or sort of uh, you know sidelined a little bit. Uh, yeah, the JPA thing, they, they pushed that off. Um, they wanted to talk about reinstating department heads, which is one of the big campaign promises that Jeremy Grimm had as mayor. And Pam Duquette and Kyle Schreiber, both counselors elected in the last election, made, uh, you know, reinstating that department head sort of style of city administration, reinstating that. Uh, they they wanted to entirely shut that off, that whole discussion. Uh, I think Deb Rule made a motion at the very beginning of the meeting to just push that off. But they decided to keep it on and then talk about it. They're going to discuss it later with a workshop. Yeah. So basically all the big ticket items from the council are, have been pushed off to yeah. a later date. So. <laughs> so so with the department head form that they want to go back to, that precedes right. having a city administrator. Does that mean they wouldn't have a city administrator or the city administrator might be there but in a different role? The city administrator is still on the list of appointive officers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I think we have like the fire chief is appointed by the JPA, but the police chief uh, Parks and Rec is now reinstated. Um, a public works kind of position has been reinstated. Um, you know, sort of planning director. Um, but yeah, city administrator is still on the list. So mm-hmm. that job still exists. And if they want to get rid of it, they have to take it out of the ordinance. So if if that was the intention to get rid of the city administrator job, then this particular item would have probably included that. So mm-hmm. I think we can take that as an indication that we are not getting rid of the city administrator but we probably are going to change the parameters around that job because uh, council president Jason Welker told me two weeks ago, I guess it was, or three weeks ago that no one wants to see that job operate the way that it had over the past eight years. And I think the election results were a pretty clear indication that folks were not happy with perceived mission creep, maybe of that job. They'd rather see a strong mayor with a city administrator as an assist, you know, which would be sort of, in keeping with the name, you know, administrator is not the mayor. I mean, you're there to administrate things. So, yeah, I, I think that the discussion is probably going to be more about department heads and not about getting rid of the city administrator. And the future conversation is going to be the sideboards that we put around that job to make it less uh, sort of all-powerful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as people perceived it to be in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of evolved in more of a city manager uh, position than a right. city administrator. Right. Um, or so it seemed. Well, another thing that the city uh, did this week is they're putting out bids for the Fifth and Pine stoplight. Um, and that would change our traffic flow a bit because it would remove the stoplight that's at uh, Fifth and Church and move it over a block. And it would also, this project would, um, would also revert Pine, that one block section that's one way right now to two way. And, uh, I mean, this is just steaming ahead. There's mm-hmm. The decision's been made to proceed with this, right? Right. Yeah. Well, this is this is part of that whole sort of curve controversy that we exploded over us last spring, mm-hmm. where they were going to realign US-2 and uh, connect it more directly with US-95. Um, that was the long-term vision for that project. Um, they eventually shelved the long-term portion in favor of the short-term, which is this project that we're mm-hmm. doing now. Uh, they're going to pull that stoplight off of church, which is notoriously the worst stoplight in town. Um, it takes forever. You can get stuck there for oh a my gosh. chunk of time. I have been, I have sat through several cycles of that light in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, too much of my life has been spent sitting at that intersection. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're going to move that over to, uh, to pine and fifth. 
and take that weird sort of one-way section that goes from, I think it's it's fifth down to fourth. Yeah, on Pine. Yeah. Where you have to make a left, like you're required to make a left. Yeah, if, yep. you're, yeah, if you're headed towards Priest River, say you yeah. get it. I mean, I didn't live here when they did that. Um, yeah. I had moved away, so I have no idea what the decision-making process was on that, but it seems like a bizarre choice to make. Yeah, so they're they, going to just straighten that, that whole thing out. Yeah. So it's two-way, both ways. That, that yeah. occurred when they took the whole one-way grid out right. of downtown, except for that one street. Um, uh, which was concurrent with the completion of the bypass. Right. Yeah. They, they had the opportunity to get those streets back under city control. Um, and uh, they went back to two-way grid, which I think works okay now. I yeah. don't know. It what seems you guys to. Think? Yeah. Like throughout yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everywhere but right there. Yeah. Like right. That just seemed like a bad SimCity decision or something. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so this, this, is, this is that big component of that project, the short-term U.S. 295 East-West connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some people who don't like it. I mean, they, they say that this is just going to encourage more truck traffic on Pine. Um, I mean, the idea being that you make Pine more of a thoroughfare so that you get rid of the cut-through traffic on South Sandpoint streets. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are probably guilty, myself included, <laughs> of sometimes mm-hmm. taking some of those South Sandpoint surface streets to avoid the mess, you know, mm-hmm. on Pine. But we'll see what, what comes of it. I mean, this is what people seem to indicate they wanted, so... Now we're going to see if that's what we actually wanted. Yeah, it will change the kind of the the way Pine, all the people that live in the businesses along Pine, it's going to mm-hmm. change um, their lives for sure uh, somewhat because that, traf- that traffic that's coming from Priest River will now be able to make us, uh, well, they can now make the straight shot, but it's the traffic that's coming and headed towards Priest River that, right. yeah, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess we get the streets that we that we ask for. <laughs> so now is now is the you get the government the you deserve, right? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, speaking <laughs> of government, a little bit here, uh, we do have two new candidates that you reported on this week for uh, one for the county commissioner seat held by um, uh, Steve Bradshaw. And I guess my question would be, any hints on if uh, Commissioner Bradshaw is going to stand for re-election yet? Well, I think this is actually for the seat held by Luke Ahmet. Oh, this, oh that's right. Yeah. This, this is the seat yes. held by yeah. Luke Ahmet. So okay. Dmitry Borisov. Yeah. And Sansare may have a better key into Dmitry Borisov uh, as she watches the county, and he's a frequent commentator. <laughs> he, he comes to the meetings. He yeah. does, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And he's always um, very articulate in his critiques uh, and frequently brings up his background in the Soviet Union, which seems to be echoed a lot in his campaign announcements. Right. So, Dimitri, yeah, he, uh, he's, a, he's been in the country for 24 years. He grew up in former Soviet Union in Siberia. And uh, according to his campaign website, you know, sort of had a religious awakening and then came to the United States. He owns a masonry business out in Clark Fork. Uh, he works for the, he's the chief of the ambulance, volunteer ambulance service there. Uh, he's been involved with the fire services out in Clark Fork. Um, but his, his attendance at the commissioner meetings is usually on sort of the side of, I don't even know how you describe it. Like the public comment party, um, <laughs> like whatever sort of like wing of the local politics that is against sort of Steve Bradshaw and Luke Ahmet, mm-hmm. that is in favor of sort of Asia Williams's camp. Um, that feels like public comment gets shut down inappropriately. Um, they they push for like the sort of expansive audit of the fairgrounds with that alleged fraud investigation. So he's he's kind of in that that camp. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he does talk about his experiences growing up in the former Soviet Union and compares a lot of the management style of Luke Amit to sort of the Soviet Union um, and kind of a, like political tyranny and that sort of line of, of dialogue. Um, he's also very deeply involved with the Bonner County Republican Central Committee, which is the same thing with Cornell Razor, who's running for District 1A House against Mark Souter in the primary so these are, these are, I think you could safely say, the Republican Central Committee's favored candidates for mm-hmm. those jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both, so Luke and Dimitri are both Republicans, so they're going to face off right. in, well, in everyone's, the primary. Yeah, everyone's a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> so as usual, the primary is going to be a big, big show. Well, um, there are a couple Democrats, there are Democrats running yes. in the, the, right. for the House seats in District 1. Right. So That's um, exciting. <laughs> yeah. We're actually going to have some but multiple those, parties. Those, those Democratic uh, races are not contested right now, whereas the Republican race for uh, right. those District 1 legislative seats are now contested with Cornell uh, announcing against uh, Mark Souter. So uh, back to that question, any hint yet if Steve Bradshaw is going to uh, run for re-election? He has been very tight-lipped about it. There has been no campaign announcement. Um, there were rumors floating around that got brought up during a meeting that he was looking at property in Texas, mm. um, but that is about all we know so far. Okay. Mm. Well, and there are two candidates for his seat that have uh, announced, Brian Domkey and Brian Riley. Mm. Um, so that is a contested seat if he decides to go for it again. And I think you mentioned no no Democrats or Independents, anybody but Republicans, have filed for either of those seats yet, yeah. as far as we know. For the commissioner race. Yeah, yeah. for the commissioner race. Right. Now, there are three other seats up for election, uh, county seats. Bonner County Assessor uh, Dennis Englehart has uh, announced he's running for, mm-hmm. um, well, he's the incumbent. He was appointed to the seat in 2023. Um, then Daryl Wheeler for sheriff, no opponent there. Fifth uh, term. What's that? That's, that's his fifth term. He's yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then for Bonn County prosecuting attorney, that's held by Lewis Marshall. And I don't know if he's announced that he's seeking reelection yet. I haven't heard anything mm-hmm. out yeah. of his office nothing. yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we have until March. I think it's March 15th. March 15th. Yeah. So, it, so we're two weeks away right. from, from when uh, candidates have to file if they want to get on the ballot. And uh, it'll be interesting. I'm sure more candidates are going to come along. Yeah, it seems almost inevitable. They some candidates like to wait to the very last day, that very last hour, I think, and mm-hmm. maybe make the decision right then if they think they can right. go for it. I think overall, I mean, up and down the ballot, this is going to be one of the biggest elections in a long time. You know, twenty twenty four. Yeah, it is a pre- I mean, presidential from, year. From president <laughs> all the way down to dog catcher. I'm sure it's going to be a huge, huge election. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we should mention that uh, just we're a week and a day away from the um, Republican caucus for president, right? That's the it's, other big thing. Yeah, yeah it's March 2nd. Um, you're only allowed to go if you're a registered Republican, and the media is not allowed to go at all. So, well, unless you're a Republican. Unless you're a Republican, <laughs> <laughs> right? You can get yeah. in the room, uh-huh. for sure, not wearing your media badge, I right. imagine. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll leave my fedora at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and mm-hmm. that is, as I saw it, there were three candidates, um, Nikki Haley still on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Well, actually there's, there's more than three candidates on the ballot. Cause I think three candidates that Chris Christie, uh, and, uh, DeSantis 
are going to be on the ballot, even though they withdrew. Right. Yeah. I think Nikki Haley is the only person other than Donald Trump who's still actively in the campaign. Uh, there, right? There's another one. It's a, a fellow that's a pastor. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have his name, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, that I understand is, you know, at least a um, considered an active candidate because he hasn't announced he's withdrawn. Right. Right. Um, is it? Would that be uh, Ryan L. Binkley? Yes, yeah. Binkley, right. okay. American businessman and lead pastor and co-founder of Create Church in Texas. Yeah, the six candidates that it looks like are going to be on the ballot are uh, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, and Ryan L. Binkley. But uh, Trump and Haley That's really and the Binkley big... are the only ones, yeah. I guess, who have not suspended their campaigns yes mm-hmm. and uh, so that's march 2nd saturday uh the caucuses that are 11 a.m and there's 12 different locations depending right. on what precinct you live in so uh if you're a republican you want to check out the uh republican uh the bonner gop.org uh website has got all the locations for the caucuses and it's in today's or yesterday's uh reader as well yeah, go right? to page six yeah page six i have helpfully listed all of them for you <laughs> yeah so uh very nice is it uh let's see looks like we maybe we share that date with what other states any uh oh not sure i don't know i don't know, I don't know. it's a yeah. saturday it, saturday uh date for a I guess they hold caucuses on weekends, or yeah, yeah. Um, because people got to take time off. That's right. it's a pretty unwieldy, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's a, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot more time than just going and voting at a in a primary election. Yeah, uh, so that's not to be confused with the primary election for which all these county and state seats are up for election. That's going to be May twenty first, and then the Democrats have their caucus on May twenty third. Um, and I don't even know where that's at. I haven't been able to find. That I haven't information. seen that yet either. Yeah. No. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that later. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, as usual, it's 8:36. This show ends at 8:30. Uh, so <laughs> we are. Uh, I think it's time to time to jump off. Uh, thank you both very much for being here. Anything you want to say about I don't know what's coming up next in the in the reader? Anything you want to point readers to that we haven't mentioned? Uh, so far, there is a great piece in here from Investigate West. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nonprofit sort of regional investigative journalism outfit based in Spokane. Um, it's actually it's helmed by the former Inlander editor Jacob Fries, ah, mm-hmm. and he has built a really awesome stable of just some of the best reporters in the whole region, <clears throat> including Daniel Walters, who's a former Inlander uh, investigative journalist. So he's kind of jumped over to his old boss's new operation. And we've printed maybe three stories from them over the past year. And this is the second one in a row that we've done from them. Uh, it's about the uh, anti the Terrorism Control Act bill that's moving through the legislature, which has kind of a terrifying, in my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> undercurrent. Is this off a, ter- a bit of terrorism? But um, yeah. that's already been approved by one of the... Has that? This how is, far has that gotten? It's in, in the bill? Senate right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. SB1, was it? SB1220. Uh, Senate bill that would basically redefine terrorism in the state away from domestic terrorism and basically say that you cannot be called a terrorist in this state unless you're affiliated with an internationally recognized, federally designated terrorist organization like ISIS or Hamas mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. Um, and it's notably being pushed by one of the guys who was part of the Bundy Malheur. Uh, no, he was part of the Bunkerville uh, Bundy Ranch 
standoff in 2014. So, yeah, he did some time for uh, he did. actually yeah. aiming his rifle at the federal officials. So he's known as the Bundy Ranch sniper. Yeah. So he's now trying to get terrorism redefined in the state away from people like himself, mm-hmm. who had been labeled as a domestic terrorist in the past. So that's a interesting piece yeah. of legislation. Yeah, uh, especially when you consider something like Oklahoma City, which was... Right. <laughs> one of the biggest terrorism acts in the history of the country, uh, and that was entirely domestic. Mm-hmm. And so, wouldn't have been defined as domestic terrorism under this under this law. Under this legislation. Yeah. 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 So that's a good piece by Investigate West. Yeah. I suggest people and check out. We should probably mention that uh, also coming up next weekend is um, something that you guys are going to be on stage for. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The Follies. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's, uh, that's coming up on... I think there's still tickets for the Friday, March 1st show available. The Saturday, March 2nd show, I believe, is... That is sold out. Is sold uh, out. There, um, but you can sometimes, you you are able to ask around and find yourself. There might, there might be a ticket yeah. or still uh, mm-hmm. or two still for that at the at iCarts. But mm-hmm. um, but what are you guys doing, going to be doing on stage? We'll close out with this because we're over time here. Yeah. Uh, we will be presenting the snooze. <laughs> so labeled right. mm-hmm. the sandpoint news the snooze mm-hmm. uh, yeah, i gotta say uh, having seen that years ago actually when trish yannon from mm-hmm. the river journal was doing it it was pretty hilarious so you guys gotta bring the humor we have written how many stories we've got about 15 to 20 headlines that okay. we wrote we all sat down at the we, 219 we, bar and got our <laughs> got our news stories these, written. Come on, so. these stories kind of write themselves when you go to the commissioner's meeting, I'm it's sure. It's a little bit hard to be satirical when <laughs> satire is so... <laughs> yeah. When it's so real. Yeah. <sighs> Makes, so, I haven't been to the Follies in years, but you guys are making me want to get a ticket just to catch that I, I believe yeah. not. I bought a t- I haven't been either in years either because yeah. uh, it's a little bit... Often it's a little coarse for my taste, but... Uh, it, it, it we'll is, try not to offend. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's it's ribald, ribald, whatever. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, this is sort of a racy show. I look forward to seeing what you guys bring to that. Uh, it's also this very weekend is the uh, the canine keg pull. It's the I think it's the grand finale of the. Uh, I think that's the last event in the uh, winter carnival. In winter carnival, yeah, yep. that is in. Um, I think that's at 10 a.m. If I have that right, 10, I don't have it in front yeah, of me. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, that's you, you registration. Check, you can anyway. check the meter for that. Um, as well as after the keg pull, there's going to be a free family movie of cool runnings at mm-hmm. the uh, Panada, and that's at, uh, I think, 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. So you bring the kids, watch the uh, keg pull, which is a ton of fun. Sansri, you've probably been there. You know, honestly, I haven't, and I've lived here my entire life. It's, it's a deep go. shame of mine. It, yeah. It's it's uh, it's a ton of fun, really. I, I myself had a prize-winning dog one year. Oh, oh well, congratulations! Place, we could have got first. We were contenders. <laughs> could have been a contender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, watch for KRFY down there. I think I'll be down there trying to record some sounds at the Canine Keg Pole for future air. So. Yeah. Let, and stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, in that spirit, unless there's anything anything else, I'm going to play a little something by Tom Petty off of Southern Accents. This is Dogs on the Run. You are listening to 88.5 KRFY. Auto's eclectic mix begins now.